right, now, what I need you to do is, uh, and this is really for the moms, guys, you just get to watch, so have fun. We're going to do a mom matching game, and we're going to put up nine pictures up here on the screen, and what I want you to do is find either on your uh, listening guide or on the registration card you have, somewhere write down the numbers, one through nine. Ten. We added ten. Hello. I didn't see the tenth one on it. All right, one through ten. And what you're going to have to do is the mom who comes up with the correct list in the shortest amount of time, the first two moms, you've got to stand up and yell out, woohoo. All right? Now, we were actually on a cruise, and if you didn't do that in bingo, we played bingo one time, if you didn't jump up and do a dance, they, they wouldn't give you the prize. You had to do some kind of dance. So we're not giving you a prize unless you do some kind of dance. No, you just have to let us know, and, uh, and we'll check your answers, and, and then we'll give out some prizes. All right, here we go. You got one through ten? Here they are. Ready, set, go. music again. Somebody else, uh, come on, somebody else, give it a try. Are y'all really still working on this? If you get nine, anybody got nine? All right, all right, there we go. Let's see what you got. Janie Washburn was the first woohoo. Lay them on us, Janie. That's so Raven or Raymond? Raymond's mom, okay. Uh huh. Okay. Roseanne, look at her go. Charlie, do you have the nine right? All right, well, we'll, we'll, we'll count that. All right, uh, Mrs. Washburn. Boy, you did well. You get Starbucks. You get two movie tickets. She's been wanting to go on a date. <laughs> and I am a cheap date. And you get three back adjustments from Dr. Chadwell. Come on up here, come on up here. Look at you go. What's funny is I was going to use her as an example because she's had a back adjustment from Dr. Chadwell before. Um, that was actually at his house. She says the weirdest thing in the world to be in the middle of a room and his children are walking all around and he's in there adjusting her bags. Hi. 
I think Alex was even there and he left the room because he said it was too weird to see Janie on a table. He said, no, I can't go there. Um, all right, Charlie. Charlie gets a uh, gift card and you get to choose one of five different restaurants. You get two movie tickets and you get a bracelet. So give Charlie a hand. Now, would you say... Say what? There you go. Happy Mother's Day. We try to, we try to please. Now, would you say that it's an understatement to portray that, that moms are portrayed differently now on television in the movies than they were 50 years ago? You don't see many leave it to beaver moms, do you? They actually did a top ten countdown the other day, and Felicia Rashad from the Cosby family, she was number two. Do you know who number one was? Roseanne. I was so disappointed. I just deleted it. As soon as it, I was recording it, because I thought, oh, I can use that in my service. And I deleted it. I was disappointed that. Why would Roseanne be... Never mind. I don't even want to go into that. It's an understatement. So you got all these... Mrs. Cunningham was on there. Roseanne. Mrs. Costanza. No matter, though, the changes in society, mom is always identified as the number one caregiver. Would you agree with that? You've probably heard of the popular children's book... Nick Here we are. Never know when it's going to come up. Let's see. What do we got this time? actually started having children in their home, uh, foster children. And so this is kind of cool that you, you won this prize. So you get a Chili's gift card and a bracelet. Give her a hand. Give her a hand. Now, have you all heard of the children's book, uh, Love You Forever? How many of you mothers love that book? I've never really found a Anybody not like it? Okay. But I, I, anybody not like it? I need... Can't read through it without crying. Well, that's because in it, um, it's a picture of a mother's unconditional love for her child. But it also demonstrates the power of that love of a mom for a child to be reproduced in the one that, that is loved. If you don't know what's going on, then, then you've got this, this young mom who's holding her baby and she sings this. I'll love you forever. I'll like you for always. As long as I'm living, my baby you'll be. And so then it goes through this whole process. You know, the boy is growing up. And so there are times that, that her boy is driving her crazy. Janie can relate to that. He's driving her crazy and she still sings. I'll love you for always. I'll like you forever. I did that backwards. I'll love you forever. I'll like you for always. As long as I'm living, my baby, you'll be. And so there are times that she wants to sell him to the zoo. I mean, she's just ready to sell him to the zoo, but still she sings. There are times she feels like she's living in a zoo when all the boy's friends come over, but still she sings. When the boy is grown and gone, though, mom starts singing the song. She's old and she's sick and she's unable to finish the song. Her son walks in as she's unable to finish the song. He picks her up, holds her and sings, I'll love you forever. I'll like you for always. As long as I'm living, my mommy, you'll be. Oh, yeah, just such a sweet thing. Um. 
He does exactly what she has done for him. He sings. And so the love of that mom has been reproduced in her child. And that's a, that's a heartwarming thing. Motherhood is by definition full-time caring, right? Full-time caring. You don't get to punch a time clock. And I know a lot of moms feel overwhelmed at times. It's a highly skilled profession for which you are only given on-the-job training. Nobody tells you about these little darlings before they come home from the hospital. Anybody here go to school to learn how to be a mom? No, maybe we should have a school. You know, maybe we should do that. But, well, I guess that's what, that's what Fabian and Monica are doing. Yeah, raise your hand. You just went to school to learn how to be a mom. In her book, The Power of a Praying Husband, husband Stormy O'Martian lists uh, the top needs as, as wives have expressed them. And being a mother, motherhood is the number three need that women say they need prayer for on a daily basis. So with that in mind, we uh, today, we want to honor moms and we want to say three things about you moms, three things to you moms. That's why we wanted the moms to be up here. The first thing that we want to say to moms today is you are invaluable. This is on your listening guide. You are invaluable. Now, how are you supposed to do tons of laundry every week, take thousands of fast food orders? Janie will go into the kitchen many times and she'll say, what do you want for supper or what do you want for lunch? And many times, since there's five of us in the household, there are five different orders that are given. And being the gracious one, because I wouldn't do that. I'd be like, this is what you're getting. If you don't like it, fix something else. But she, she does all the different ones. But then she'll say, it's funny because she'll give them a time limit because sometimes they can't figure out. That I just say, what do we have? And she tells me and I pick from that. Caleb will go to the pantry or he'll go to the to the freezer or whatever, and he'll stand there forever. Finally, she'll say, the kitchen is closed. And that, that means that was your last opportunity. If you don't, you don't get your order in before that, you're just in trouble. How are you supposed to make endless trips to soccer, baseball, ballet, music lessons, recitals, not to mention take time for all the daily routines and still be able to do anything that will make any meaningful contribution to your children? I have a video here that uh, I want you to watch about the contributions of moms. world's going on you know how when you come home every day and ask me what I did today yeah well today I didn't do it oh y'all like that didn't you uh-huh <laughs> it's one of the few videos we've gotten a standing ovation from the moms on well, moms, we want you to know we recognize that you're invaluable. And not only are you invaluable in the home, but you are invaluable in the church as well. I want you to look at a couple of verses. Paul is writing a, to a young pastor named Titus. And in it, he explains to Titus how the church is supposed to work. Titus 2, 3 through 5. In the same way, teach older women to be holy in their behavior, not spending 
not speaking against others or enslaved to too much wine, but teaching what is good. Then they can teach the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be wise and pure, to be good workers at home, and to be kind and to yield to their husbands. Then no one will be able to criticize the, the teaching God gave us. Now, Paul starts off here with the words, in the same way. In the same way as what? Now, if you were to go back and you read the first two verses of this uh, chapter, Paul is talking to Titus and he's telling him how to train the older men. So in the same way means just like he's supposed to instruct the older men in how they're supposed to live and how they're supposed to, to go about life, he is also supposed to instruct the older women. And, you know, every time I read this, I just kind of scratch my head and, and I think, how do you identify the older women in the church? Do, do you just like make an announcement and say, would all the older women come to the front of the church at the end of the service? I have a thing or two I want to teach you. Is that what, or do you just put an announcement, all the older women sign up for the older women's training course, you know, at the back? I'm not going there. I, I don't know, but anyway, <laughs> verse 4 of this passage really sticks out to me. He says, Then they can teach the young women to love their husbands and to love their children. The older, mature Christian women have a responsibility, have a job in the church to teach their, uh, the younger women how to love their husbands how to be better mothers, how to manage the household well. And uh, this places a huge value on the life experiences that the older moms have. And, and we need to recognize that and honor the moms that have, have more experience than others. And so what this means is the, the older you are, the more experience you have, the more valuable you are in the church. You've gained life wisdom that, that those of us in the church desperately need to hear. And, you know, with all the emphasis on romantic love, you know, the... the, the we bought Janie Ever After because she loves that. It's such a nice little romantic story. And, and we buy her romantic movies. She buys me John Wayne, shoot them up, blow them up flicks. I buy her, you know, the romantic movies. With all of this emphasis on romantic love, it might be hard to imagine any wife not loving her husband. But, you know, in Bible times, the couple usually got married first. It had nothing to do with loving one another. It was an arranged marriage by their families. And so once you marry somebody that's probably a stranger, then you have to learn how to love them. And, you know, in my times of counseling, I do premarital counseling and I do a lot of marriage counseling as well. I find out that once the romantic love has worn off, if you don't learn how to love each other with a mature love, your relationship will not stay together. You'll suffer and your family will suffer and then generations down the line will suffer. This is a big deal to learn how to move to mature love. Some are able to do that and some aren't. Wouldn't it be great if we had this group of supplemental moms, not surrogate moms, supplemental moms, that any time a wife, a young wife was having a hard time, she could come to one of these ladies and say, hey, can we talk? That's the way the church was designed to operate so that folks could... Uh, deal with life together. What a valuable resource we would have. Now, we can understand sometimes, you know, Billy Graham's wife said she never considered divorce. She considered murder, but not divorce because her husband drove her crazy. But to love your children, surely all moms love their children, right? Well, yeah, we do. But but mature love doesn't happen at first sight. You may that baby may pop out and you may say, oh, I love that child. But I guarantee you, if you talk to Janie about Caleb now at 11 and Caleb when he was first born, there is a deeper love for that boy at 11 than there was when she first saw him. 
And, and we need uh, to realize that true love disciplines, true love spends time with the children, true love encourages, true love is patient and kind, is not boastful or proud. Love never gives up. It is ever hopeful. True love doesn't happen at first sight. It is developed over a lifetime. Wouldn't it be great if we had this group of supplemental moms, ladies experienced in loving their children, who were available for new moms anytime they were having a hard time just to have a hug or a word of encouragement from them? That's the way God designed the church to work. And single moms, let me just say this to you. The men of the church are supposed to be like brothers and uncles to you and supplemental dads to your children. That's how we're supposed to function, to help you raise your children. That's what we're here for. Moms, I just look at you as the ultimate servants of of our day. From the moment you are pregnant until the time that baby comes out, you are sacrificing for the well-being of that little child. And I salute you. But I also want to offer this church to you. We're in this deal of life together. We're a family. And I've been reminded over and over through the, the weeks and the months that this church has even been in existence that when you're a family, you are not available for people just on the one or two hours on Sunday morning. Being a family means we are available to one another 24-7. And when we get that concept down, it makes life just a little bit easier when you know you've got somebody to walk through life with you. So, moms, I say you're invaluable. So let's just say that. Pick-O-Matic. Pick-O-Matic. Thank you for that. All right, let's go. All right, Mary Ann wins a family portrait. She gets one 16 by 20. She gets uh, five 8 by 10s, 10 5 by 7s, and 15 4 by 6s. Pretty good prize, huh? Phone number's on there. You call the video guy to schedule that. All right, so let's say it. Moms, we salute you. Ready? Moms? No, that's too hard. Let's go back and do the hee-haw thing. Salute. Y'all ever see that back in the day? I'm showing my age. I remember watching that. They'd be in the cornfield and it'd say, hee-haw salutes Natchez, Texas, population, you know, whatever. And they'd all stand up and say salute. All right. So this is for moms. Everybody ready? Salute. All right. Number two. Not only moms are you invaluable, but you are irreplaceable. How many of y'all have seen the reports this week on how much a mom is worth? Salary.com did this big deal and uh, they were talking about, you know, being a cook, house cleaner, driver, disciplinarian, tutor, all of the things that mom does. Salary.com decided to put a a monetary value to that. Here's what uh, one of the leaders of Salary.com says. Mothers are responsible for the mental and physical well-being of the family. Putting a price on that isn't easy, says Lena Botos, uh, compensation market analyst for Salary.com. Compensation market analyst. Uh, uh, Anyway, she says, but we looked at it as what you would have to pay other people to do the same work if the mom weren't there. Oh, dude, guys, you don't want to know. Stay at home moms. Stay at home moms. Base salary, 40 hours a week. Now, I'll get to that in a minute. I know you don't do 40 hours a week. But if you were a stay-at-home mom, 40 hours a week, your base salary should be in the range of $45,000. Moms are like, yeah, pay up, buddy. Wait, it gets better. Since you work overtime, they actually calculated the overtime hours. And this would apply both to uh, stay-at-home moms and work outside the home moms. Overtime applies to you because you've already done your, your job at work, and then you come home and you do your second job. Uh, 
Overtime. Any guesses how much it would be? Not bad. $88,000 worth of overtime. I started doing the math. I've got about $350,000 worth of insurance on Janie. And I was doing the math. I got about two years to grieve, to mourn, you know, to find somebody else to do the things that she's done. She's too valuable. I'm going to keep her. She, I've told her she can't die before me. That's not enough money. I can't pay. I thought it sounded good, $350,000, till I realized I'd have to pay somebody $133,000 a year to do the things my wife does. No, 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 no. Can't do it. So she's irreplaceable. And, and because, this is real important, ladies, because you are irreplaceable, we want to say to you as a church and as your family, we want to say, occasionally, take a break. Now, look what the Scripture says, Genesis 2.2. So, on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Now, it's interesting, if you were to read that whole verse, the first part of the verse says that God got finished with all of his work in seven days, but a mom's work is never done. I mean, Janie will say at times, she says, I'm going to spend the whole day doing laundry. And she does. That's, that's all she does is go back and forth, folding clothes and doing all that stuff. Mom's work is never done. By the seventh day, God had finished all his work. Now, just because your work isn't done doesn't mean that you can't um, take a break, ladies. Now, there's an old proverb that says you'll break the bow that's always kept bent. You've seen the old type bows. What they had to do was if they left the, the, the string on that bow, it would eventually lose its elasticity and the bow would be useless. So the old time hunters, what they would have to do is bend it down, take the string off and allow that bow to get some rest so that it would perform its intended function. Now, even though moms have unconditional love for their kids, occasionally you need a break from them. I remember James Dobson saying this when, when, I was, when Caleb was small. He said, I don't care what it costs, guys, for your wife to have Mother's Day out. Pay it. <laughs> it is worth it. You want her to be able to have a break. Moms, you need a break. And here's a little secret. Your kids also need a break from you. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. It's healthy to have a, a break now and then. You know how you can get too much of a good friend? I mean, it's the old saying that familiarity breeds contempt. If a friend is in your house too much, you're thinking, go home. Leave me alone. Well, you are home with your family, and occasionally you need a break from your family. Ladies, try this. Just try going to the bathroom by yourself for a while. I mean, it's nice to do your business in private, right? Um, occasionally, ladies need a break. Here's a video about uh, the Cosby show when Claire needs a break. I love my work, and I'm doing great. But then I come home, and I have to help people who put their clothes on backward. Or they want a car. They don't know how to drive. Or they want to watch television all night long until their eyeballs pop out of the socket and roll under the couch. There's the kids. <laughs> No. No, I wanted to have the kids. That's what's important to us. But then I go to work and I sit at that desk for weeks, for hours, preparing a brief. And Mr. Greenbrook Sr. comes in to tell me the case has been settled out of court. I want to scream. So it's work. <laughs> no. 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 No, I love my work. I just told you. 
I'm sorry. But then I come home again. <laughs> People are crying. They need a button sewn on. Somebody's drinking bubble bath. Then it is the kids. No. It's the kids and work. No. It is me. <laughs> no. Well, Sinclair, what is it? What it is is a life that's so crowded, I don't have time to figure out what it is, so I'm going to be late for work. <laughs> oh, well, then I can help. Now, listen to me. Stop, 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 stop. Listen to me, okay? Just listen to me. Just take it easy. Tonight, you and I go to dinner. Out to dinner, just the two of us, okay? I like that. Good. Now, here, 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 here. Think about this one. Here. We go to the Biltmore Hotel because I know the manager there. I delivered his baby, and he owes me because the baby does not look like him or his wife. Okay, dinner at the Biltmore. Dinner at the Biltmore. Right. Yeah. Wait, whoa! Now, listen. No, no. Hear me now. Hear me now. We, we, we rent a limousine. Take us down to the Biltmore for the dinner, and then take a nice limo drive on the river with the moon bouncing off of the water, and you can see lights of the buildings and the boats going the boats? to the boats. Please. Oh, that's beautiful. Yes, it is. All right? Oh. Yeah. Thanks, Claire. Now, that's me. I'll see right. you later. Yes. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> I got one more, and this is it. We will stay over at the Biltmore. We're going to spend the night? Spend the night at the Biltmore. Without the children? Well, dear, if we take the children, why are we going? <laughs> exactly. Take those kids, then, then why in the world are we going to go? All right, here we go again. Number eight, number eight, number eight. All right, all right. We're giving away two prizes. You get a bracelet. This is Alexis Bryant. Thank you, Alexis. Tell your husband that he needs to take you out as well. We give you permission. Here we go. Here's another one. Number six. Who's number six? Oh, she can't win it again. You, sorry, you can't win again. I love you, but number 26. 26, all right, Charlie Rogers, you get a bracelet. Ooh, I almost fell. That would have been a treat for everybody. That would have been nice. Years ago, I attended a, a time management seminar, and um, one of the things that this lady said, stuck in my mind. We were taught how to, you know, prioritize your schedule each day and put your A things, those things that have to be done that day. B are things that can be done tomorrow. C are things that, you know, someday you might get around to it. But one of the things that she said always stuck in my mind. She said that um, they did a study, that all these businesses came together, and they did a study trying to identify common characteristics that peak performers had. Peak performers are those that excelled in their field. It didn't matter what kind of business it was, but they excelled in their field. And so what they wanted to do was they wanted to figure out if, if there were certain things in their background, you know, whether it was schooling or, or education, you know, in the lower school, whether it was uh, social status, whether it was the environment they grew up in. They're trying to identify those things so that they could predict those future peak performers and then hire them for their companies. 
So they spend all of this money, spend all of this, this time on research, and they eventually find out when they compile all the data, they begin looking at it and they find out there are no similarities whatsoever to peak performers. Everybody was disappointed because they wasted a whole lot of money, a whole lot of time on this effort. So they compile all the data and they give it to the, the company that commissioned the study. Just It just so happened that several months later, somebody was just looking through all of this study and they found out that there were some minute similarities. One thing that every peak performer did on a weekly basis was they took at least two days off every week from work. But that's interesting. And then they found out that the peak performers also took at least two weeks of vacation every year. And usually those two weeks were back to back. So two weeks off from work. And they discovered that these people were fresher in their jobs if they took time off from work. Now, it sounds kind of smart because let's apply this to moms. To be at your best, moms, you've got to be refreshed, right? To be at the best in your job, you need to be refreshed. And to be at the best mom and wife, um, you need to be refreshed as well. And uh, if you keep up the, the relentless pace, you will eventually break down. So God knew what he was doing whenever he said, take at least one day off a week for rest and worship. God's pretty smart. And if you think about it, all of those festivals in the Old Testament, if you've ever read the Old Testament, they have all these different festivals, weeks of Passover and and uh, festivals of booths and all of this different stuff. What was that? It was time of relaxation, rest and worship. Man, God is smart. He knows what's going on. So don't feel guilty for taking a break. Your husband needs to watch your children without you around for a while. Occasionally, he needs to do it for at least 24 hours consecutive because then he's reminded that you are invaluable and you are irreplaceable. But not only that, not just for your husband's benefit, your benefit as well. You need to be refreshed. Number three, last thing we want to say to moms today is you are irresistible. All right. So, moms, I want you just to say that out loud. I want you to say, I am irresistible. Ready? One, two, three. Now, I want you to say it like you mean it. Ready? One, two, three. There you go. Now, I want to tell you this, wives, because we husbands are idiots. We think this, but we don't say it near enough. And it is not the thought that counts. And even though you may not look the way you did when you first got married, mature love finds other things about you that we are attracted to. I love Janie's cooking. And, and when she cooks and takes care of me, she's irresistible to me. Alex was telling me, we were talking about this this week. He said whenever Danielle, he watches her taking care of his children, he said, I am more attracted to her then. In mature love, we want you to know that we love you and that, that you are irresistible to us. And, and I just want to, to tell you a couple of things. When a man stops being attracted to his wife, the dude has amnesia. He's forgotten what, what attracted him to her in the first place. So guys, we need to practice. We need to remember. And there are times I just look at Janie and I think about all the things that attracted me to her in the first place. And I go over that list in my mind and I see those things. And I think, yep, I still like that. I still like that. I still like that. But it's not enough to think it. I need to tell her that. Um, Ladies, whatever you did to catch your man, do those things to keep your man. Now, guys, your your time's coming up in, in, you know, in a month. We'll do Father's Day. And ladies, it's not just your outward appearance, although going to Victoria's Secret can be a great thing for your marriage. But again, we'll talk about that on Father's Day. 
Um, ladies, whatever you did to catch him, do those things to keep him. Here's Cliff and Claire at the hotel later that night. How far apart are they? Oh, now, how could you do that? Do, uh, do what? You were sleeping. Correction, napping. (laughs) Sleeping is under the covers and don't come out till morning. (laughs) Napping is on top of the covers, which is over now. This is your idea of a fun evening. You come up here to take a nap? No, my idea of a fun evening is to put my pajamas on, get in the bed, and wait six hours for my wife to come out of the bathroom. Because that bathroom is very nice. It's nicer than our living room. It even has a phone in there. And you can call all the other bathrooms in the hotel. Is that what you did? I didn't think you'd mind the time it took once you saw the finished product. You know, you're right. Let's get it on. Did you have to say that? Oh, did you say what? Did I say that? Let's get it on. Well, it sounded good to me. Well, that's not a very romantic line. I didn't know this was a script. I thought we were supposed to make it up as we go along. But you could try something like, you know, you look really beautiful this evening. Sure. Okay, so why don't you try that? No. But it's very romantic. Yeah, it's, it's, it's romantic if I say it, but it isn't romantic if, if you tell me to say it. Well, I was just trying to help. Well, but, uh, but I, I don't need your help. <laughs> so what do I do? You, you let me say what I want to say. If I let you say it, you are going to say, let's get it on. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. Let's get it on is retired. It's finished. Okay? Okay. All right. (laughs) You like that? Mm -hmm. I made that up. That's pretty nice. <laughs> Made that up too. <laughs> and I'm making up some more as I go along. Now pay close attention now. <laughs> more, more! No, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. Now you can't brush the <laughs> You know something? I love you very, very much. It's a privilege to wake up in the morning and see your face. You are my life. And I mean it. Let's get it on. Oh, yeah. Now, how... How are we supposed to communicate that our spouse is irresistible to us? Um, There are three things that I want to go over with you very quickly. A look, a word, and a touch of love. Now, you can use this in any relationship to communicate that somebody is important to you. But specifically, I want to talk about spouses 
And uh, ladies, you can you can tell your husbands about this if they're downstairs giving you the day off from the children's work. You can uh, let them know about it or just give them the give them the CD. Alex will give you one of those. First thing is a look of love. If the eyes are the window of the soul, how come we don't spend any more time looking into each other's eyes? How come we don't do that more often to communicate the depth of our love? So here's what I want you to do. I want you to, if you're sitting there, anybody that, you know, that is in your family or a loved one, I know some of you can't because your husband is downstairs, but look into their eyes. Just look into their eyes. (laughs) Kind of weird, huh? Because we don't do it enough. That's the whole point. Medic. All right. Number one. Number one. Who's number one? Heather Lively. You know why she's number one? Because she's up here before anybody else fixing coffee and doing all of that stuff. Give her a hand. She wins a bracelet. Number 19. Number 19. Oh, Michelle. All right. Nothing like Pickomatic. We used to give away stuff in the youth ministry. We'd go into the storage room and just find old stuff and give it away, and kids would come flying for that stuff. Gave away whole laptops and trophies and TVs. This is pretty funny. We actually were just cleaning things out, but they didn't know that. Um, a look of love. I don't know if there's ever been a time that I have spoken, that I've preached, that if Janie is with me, you know, and I've been different places, different churches, I always have to try to find her during during the service because I just want her to know that I'm thinking about her. And she'll look for the look and she'll acknowledge it. Um, it's just a, a brief moment, but, but she's that valuable to me. I want to know where she is. Uh, I read about Nolan Ryan, his wife Ruth, said that every time that she was at one of his games and he was pitching, sometime she would watch for it. Sometime during his pitching, either he's walking around the mound or something, he would look up and he'd just kind of look at her. And she said that meant the world to her. So let's just give a look of love. Second thing is a word of love. A word of love. Your feelings towards one another are meaningless if they're not spoken. So we've got to learn how to say those things that we're thinking. Janie taught me a lot about this. She said that every night when she went to bed, her mom told her, you're beautiful I'm proud of you, and I love you. So what do you think Janie says to our three children? I hear it every night. And I, I learned from her, and so I, I go in and I'll say to Caleb, you're handsome, you're smart, and I'm proud of you. And then I'll say, of all the boys in the world to be my Caleb, you know which one I choose every time? He said, me. <laughs> Hannah, of all the girls in the world, be my brown-haired, brown-eyed girl with cute nose and sweet lips. And she'll say, me. And Rachel, my blonde-haired, blue-eyed girl with cute nose and sweet lips. You know which one I choose? They say me. And there's just this security that develops whenever we speak those things that we're thinking. We're speaking a blessing into their lives. The third thing is a touch of love. Sometimes a 15 second embrace can wash away all the negative of the day. Now, I've got confession to make. I grew up in a family that didn't touch unless it was to smack each other. You know, Um, I remember my brothers, they used to just... Walk by and hit me. I mean, bam. And I guess that was, you know, a love tap, but it would hurt. And I, I was grateful when I turned 16 and I could knock the fool out of them because then they quit. They're like, ow. I said, yeah, quit loving me so much. You know, I, I didn't say that. But Janie is one of those touchers. Sometimes she'll just say, I need a hug. Sometimes she needs a hug when she's happy. 
Sometimes she needs a hug when she's sad. She always wants to be holding my hand. If we're on an airplane, when we take off, she doesn't like airplanes, so I know I've got to be near her so that I can hold her hand when we take off. And when we land, I've got to be holding her hand because that just gives her security. And even though I didn't come from a family that was very demonstrative, with, with, uh, especially physically, I've learned, and I like it, I've learned to sit near my wife. We hold hands when we go, when we go to the movie. We're going to be holding hands, and we may smooch a little bit, and that's okay. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Dwayne says amen. Especially since there's only two tickets, and I don't have to take my children to the movie with me. Because they kind of gross out, you know, whenever we kiss. So, anyway... Janie likes to be touched, and, I, and when I touch her, I'm communicating to her that I love her and that I accept her. So, a look, a word, and a touch of love. So, on this Mother's Day, let me just say it again. Moms, there is none like you. You're invaluable, you're irreplaceable, and what was the third one? Irresistible. So, we're going to do one more thing. I want you to realize that, that good moms, great moms don't happen overnight. Moms, it takes time to develop into a great mom. Great marriages don't happen overnight either. It takes effort to do both things. If you put your marriage on autopilot, then your marriage will be in trouble. So we want to, we want to send you out and we want you to, to, uh, to begin working on your marriage. But one other thing that, that we're going to do is all moms stand up, if you would. We've got a... a gift certificate to uh, Bath and Body Works for each of you. So you get to smell good. And when you put it on, then, then, you know, if you have that significant other, then you say, how do I smell, dear? You know. So anyway, would you pass those out to, to all the moms? Let's give them a hand for, for doing the toughest job in the world. That's kind of a poor ovation because most of you are moms that are standing. So, you know, sorry about that. Dads do like that smell good stuff. When you get yours, you can go ahead and be seated. Would you fill out your registration cards real quickly?